What are we talking about today? Serious space. Okay, yeah. Uh, welcome to the DC Podcast. Welcome to the DC Podcast. I'm Sean DeMars. I'm Russell Berger. And uh, we're going to do some defending and confirming of the gospel today. Who's the senior host here? That's another episode. Are you the Are you the senior host and I'm the associate host? Uh, what, Am what? I here to really help you and support you in this? You know, the, I, I'll be that because this is my house. That's true. I feel like I do all the work too. You're just the you're just a pretty face that comes in and not even it. that. Well, I'm trying to be generous here. Hey, you know what? You have to be willing to serve. Oh, there it is. And I'm willing to serve there's you, that, brother. There's that humility. Mm, okay. Now we got that established. I'm the humble one. Let's go ahead. What are we talking about? So we're going to be talking about church membership. Not in the Bible, but all right. Let's this, do it. this is a concept we mentioned in our first episode when we talked about what the church is, the local church. Yeah. We said that church membership was a vital part of a healthy local church. Yep. We also recommended a book, uh, Church Membership by Jonathan Lehman. Yeah. But we pointed out. Did you that, read it? I hope so. Okay. It was like this big. Yeah. We we pointed out that Jonathan wasn't actually making an argument for church membership. Right. He was kind of assuming you already agreed with it and talking about how to think about it biblically. Yeah. So today, we want to actually make the case for church membership. Yeah. And how does this relate to defending and confirming the gospel? I mean, don't people expect some apologetic yeah. stuff from the show? Yeah. I think that church membership and church discipline, two sides of the same coin, I would say congregationalism even, but I don't want to scare anybody away. I would say that church membership and church discipline, which is most faithfully exercised in congregationalism. Okay, here we go. Church membership and church discipline are the means by which Jesus intends the gospel to be preserved and perpetuated. So you're saying, if you don't have meaningful church membership, if you're not practicing... Meaningful, operative word there. Meaningful. Okay, meaningful church membership. If you're not practicing church discipline... That's right. You're going to lose the gospel. Yeah. You probably already have. So let's, okay, let's back up. That makes sense. What is church membership? Yeah. Church membership is just the the way that we know who belongs to Jesus Christ in our covenanted community, right? Okay. We said that a church is, well, we talked about the universal church, and then we said a local church is the expression of the universal, universal church, and it's where two or three or four or five or six or just two or three or two or three come together covenanted under the name of Jesus Christ. But when you do that, uh, you have to know who is covenanted and who is not. So uh, a person can't just walk in off the street and say, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I want to worship with you guys, and I want to help you exercise the keys of the kingdom. Okay, so church membership specifically deals with the local church. Yeah. And we said in the previous episode that we see so much of what, what the word church means, or the way it's used in the New Testament, is about the local church. That's not right. the universal church. Right. And that's because the word in Greek literally means assembly. Yeah. I'm talking about a specific gathering of Christians. That's right. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Okay. But I looked in my Bible. I don't see mm. anything explicitly about church membership mm. in my Bible. You couldn't find those words in the concordance. I, I couldn't find the word church membership. Okay. It's so, because you have to read it in the Greek. Yeah, okay. Mm. But this is, I mean, this is literally the only argument that I think has any merit. There's some really bad arguments against church membership that I, I found trying to do a little research here. Yeah. But the one that most consistently comes up is, hey, it's just not in, it's not in the Bible. Aren't you yeah. adding to what God's word has clearly said about the church? Yeah. And your response is... That's not the way we do theology. I agree. Yeah. So, and, and what, it, what you're saying is, 
we don't do theology in a, well, it's not explicitly stated here in the pages of Scripture, so we're just going to go hands off. That's right. I think that the overwhelming evidence of Scripture is that the local church is a group of people that everyone else knows belong to one another. So you're inferring that. Maybe we can say from uh, what is clearly taught. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you can take it implicitly from those things that are explicitly stated. Okay, that kind of reminds me of the Westminster Confession. Okay, uh, the good and necessary consequences that we can derive yeah. from Scripture's plain teaching. That's right. And so you're saying what Scripture does teach on the local congregation, it, it makes membership implicit. Yeah. Give me something specific there. Yeah. So first of all, you have the two or three gathered together regularly, right? I mean, the two or three gathered, that, I don't think he means gathered together at one point in time in history. Like and this you is and me at Starbucks. Matthew 16. This is Matthew 18. 18. Right? Matthew chapter 18. Two or three are gathered together in my name. Yep. Uh, uh, and then I, you just see the way that that language is picked up throughout the rest of Scripture. You see it in places like 1 Corinthians 5 where it says, when you all are assembled together to do church discipline on this guy who's involved in this really serious sin, it's Paul is writing to a group of people that regularly assemble together, right? Yeah. Uh, you, when I think in Second Corinthians, if it's the same guy, when you see a, a brother who's about to kind of be be restored from church discipline, it says that the punishment by the majority is enough. Mm-hmm. Well, the majority of who? The majority of the universal church, right? Oh, well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and that's and yeah. what you did there is so silly. It really makes the point, right. right? It's the majority of the people who are gathered there at the Church of Corinth. And so I think I think this is the way I think about it, and this I, I found helpful, is that meaningful church membership. I mean, actually, as a congregation, identifying who we can and cannot affirm as brothers and sisters in Christ is necessary for faithfully obeying what Scripture does explicitly command. Okay. So if we're going to be exercising the keys of the kingdom, if we're going to be um, you know, affirming someone in baptism, and then someone else who's, let's say, is caught up in some sin that they are not repenting of, mm-hmm. and we need to discipline them as is commanded in Matthew 18. We have to recognize who is and who isn't part of our assembly, mm-hmm. our local church. And if we don't have some meaning, meaningful way of identifying that, we can't obey those commands. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that there's even some wiggle room here to kind of identify with people who may disagree with us. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why somebody would say, I, I don't want to have a bunch of names on a list. I don't right. want to say who's in and who's out. The only problem with that is uh, that's the way Scripture speaks. Is scripture speaks, when it talks about love, it, it necessarily talks about boundaries. And when it talks about the church, it necessarily talks about those who were in and, and those who were out. Right. Right. Um, now, you can you can talk about the practicum. Right. You can say, well, I just don't want to have their names on a list. Well, OK, well, that's fine. Yeah. You don't have to have their names on a list. Whatever you need to have in order to help you recognize that this person is a covenanted partaker of the life of this church. Do it. Uh, however, what I've found is that. Even people who say that they don't like lists have lists. Right. So so even if you reject church membership, I've not seen a church who says we don't do church membership that doesn't have some understanding of who's part of that church and who isn't. That's right. Easy example, uh, the church where we are pastors. Yep. When I first came there, uh, I was asking about church membership. No, we don't practice church membership. Okay, um, well, I'm here to preach for you, and you're considering whether or not you're going to bring me on as your pastor. How are you guys going to decide that? Well, we're going to vote. Okay, 
So who gets to vote? Does does anybody get to vote? Does everybody? If Joe Christian walks in off the street today during this service, does he get to cast a vote? No. Well, only voting members get to vote. Well, there's the word member. There's a word member, but it doesn't mean church member. Ah, It's a voting voting member. Okay, now... How does one become a voting member? How does one get the right to exercise authority in the life of the church? Well, they have to have a name on the voting member list. Hmm. Well, how do you get your name on the voting member list? Well, you have to be here for so long. We have to know you. We have to know you're not in sin. We have to see you know, evidence that you are a Christian. Yeah, that's right. All the same stuff that we would say is exactly what church membership is. That's right. You know, Roger Olson, uh, a phenomenally bad theologian, uh, who comes from the a sort of Church of God holiness background, no church membership, he is at least intellectually honest enough to admit that uh, there is no such thing as a church that doesn't practice church membership. Here's the thing. Everybody practices church mem- membership. Some people do it well. Mm-hmm. Some people do it poorly. Some people do it explicitly. Some people not so explicitly. So and I'm glad you said that. Some people do church membership poorly. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've found in trying to kind of look at the, you know, the, the arguments against this idea of church membership, all of the examples given as to why it shouldn't be done are just sort of fringe examples of some really bad practices and some bad ways of either abusing authority or mishandling issues within the life of the church or, yeah. or treating it less like a covenant where believers are holding one another accountable for living in light of the gospel in a loving and self-sacrificial way, mm-hmm. I'm treating it more like a like a like a corporate club, like a like you got a Costco card. Yeah. You know, and I understand why they would want to reject that yeah. type of The thing. church is not a country club. It's not. And no. you don't get to put your money in the plate and then kind of come and go as you please and live how you please because you've you've donated to the cause. Right. And yet that's not actually a refutation of church membership. No. That's a rebuke of really poorly done church membership That's or right. abused church membership. Same thing is true of discipline. That's right. Now let's talk about church discipline. Where do you where do you see the command for church discipline most clearly in scripture? Same place I see the command for church membership most clearly in scripture. It's like it's two sides of the same coin. <laughs> You're just blowing my mind, man. So Matthew chapter eighteen. Matthew chapter eighteen. The yeah. church comes together mm-hmm. ultimately and and decides to cast out a brother or sister who's in unrepentant sin as a form of excommunication. Yeah. So if you're sent out of the church, it's almost like you were in the church. That's right. So if you're no longer part of the assembly, it's almost like you were previously identified as part of the assembly. That's right. So it's it's it proves itself just by the implications of what it means to be excommunicated. The really funny thing is that so many churches that don't practice church discipline have church membership. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're letting the Bible kind of be the thing that you, you know, that, that leads you in thinking about these things well, I think that it's more clear about church discipline and that we get church membership implicitly from what it says explicitly about church discipline. Yeah. So you have all these churches practicing church membership, which is less clear in the scriptures and more implicitly derived. And they're not practicing church discipline at all, which is uber explicit in the text. And going back to uber. our going uber. Don't do that again. Sorry. Going back to our original point about how this relates to defending and confirming the gospel. Uh, that's what we were doing here. That's where yeah. yeah. Let's wind it on. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So, so if your church is not practicing church discipline, yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, there's a big problem. Is that because how, how are you how are you protecting the gospel? 
Is that because we want to see people kicked out of church for sinning even a little bit? And we think that we're so perfect that we don't sin? Yeah. No, of course not. No, I mean, church discipline is the, is the way that God has commanded us to love people who are on the verge of going to hell. It's the way that God has commanded us to love the, 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 the flock, to make sure that uh, sin doesn't grow up in the life of the church and overtake us. It's the way that God has given the, the church the ability to love the world by giving a, a clear representation of what the gospel looks like to a lost and dying world, right? Yeah, it's exactly right. And, and when we see people complain that, oh, this church discipline, it's this, it's this shaming and it's this authoritarianism, you know, expecting people to behave a certain way, it's legalistic. This is how you love people who, mm-hmm. as Jude says, you are trying to snatch out of the fire. That's right. And if you don't practice church discipline, if you're not actually engaged enough in one another's lives to call one another to repentance mm-hmm. and to deal with unrepentant sin in this, in this biblical way, then you either, the reality of eternal punishment in hell either hasn't sunk in for you. Yeah. Um, or you're just, you're not really loving your brother or sister. Yeah. And... As you pointed out a second ago, this is how we keep the presentation of the body of Christ, the local church, mm-hmm. clear to the world. Yeah. A church that doesn't practice church discipline is like parents who want to raise their children without discipline. Oh, same word. It would have been better if I would have had another word. But yeah. parents who love their children, whether or not they agree that spanking is right here or there for this particular circumstance, a parent who loves their child won't just let their child live life however they want to. They're going to discipline their child, right? Right. Um, and in the same way, uh, God disciplines us because he loves us. And we are called to discipline members of our church. And sometimes that even means the pastors need to be disciplined. And, you know, I think it's ironic that those who speak out, I think, most about the hypocrisy mm-hmm. of the church. I mean, we're in the South. Nominal Christianity mm-hmm. and the hypocrisy of those who call themselves Christians and then live like the world. It's all around us. Yeah. And people see that. And so they will complain about the hypocrisy of the church. And then often at the same time, in the same breath, complain about this. Well, you have to be a member here. You actually mm-hmm. kick people out. Mm-hmm. How self-righteous and judgmental of you. Yeah. Well, which one do you want? Yeah. Do you want the church to preserve the gospel by making sure that its members are representing the gospel well and living in light of it? faithfully or do you want the church to allow people to live in sin openly and unrepentantly and still call themselves christians yeah you gotta pay yeah final thoughts amen brother uh we haven't really talked about exactly how church discipline uh protects the gospel i think in church membership and i think it's it's by protecting the who of the what who and the what of the gospel we get that from jonathan lehman dr seuss oh sorry dr lehman who you know got it from you know his Forefathers, you know. So the the who and the what. Yeah. So first, what is the gospel? We're meant to protect that, okay, in the life of the church. If you believe a false gospel, right, and then also who is a true gospel confessor? Who who actually believes the gospel and lives like it's true? And so when when those things begin to go awry in a in a member's life, that's where church discipline comes in. But membership is meant to protect that because it's membership says, Russell, it's your responsibility to make sure that the gospel is preached faithfully. It's, it's your responsibility to make sure that this person isn't over here saying something that's false about the Trinity. It's your responsibility if that brother begins to cheat on his wife to go and to say something to him in love. And I'm glad you said that. I was about to ask, isn't that the pastor's job? Isn't that why we 
have pastors? Man, I really want to talk about congregation. Uh, uh, I know. Yeah, but you're right. That, that is a that is the responsibility of every Christian within the local body. Yeah, it is the pastor's job, and it is and the member's job. It is job. your job as a member. Yeah. And if you understand it to be primarily the pastor's job rather than primarily the church member's job, then I think you're going to see um, a, a negative effect in the life of the church. Um, hey, man, I, I really feel like as we're sitting here having this conversation, I'm, and I'm turning down my sarcasm meter okay. all the way to zero okay, here, right? Sense. Like, yeah. guys, I know. I'm sorry. I, you're not. You're going to see a side of me you don't really like very much. Uh, hey, man, I think that people might sit here and listen to us having this conversation and think, man, these guys really think that their church is better than everybody else's church. These guys really think that they're better than people. Yeah. Um, there was a time where we didn't practice church membership. We didn't practice church discipline. We didn't believe in it. Right. There's a time that I didn't go to church because I didn't think I had to. And because I thought it was fine for me to just work every weekend. That's right. Um, and so because of that, we, we recognize that it's only by the grace of God that we come to see these things in the scriptures it's because we love God and because we love people that we're so passionate about church membership and church discipline. It's because we really care about the Great Commission uh, that we kind of don't want to just agree to disagree while we kind of get our feathers all in a ruffle about these things. But yep. um, if anybody you know, were to sit down and have a conversation with us about these things, I think, I think it would be a little bit more gentle in person, less sarcastic. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to communicate our heart behind this. Yeah. And I think ultimately we want to encourage anybody who's watching or listening to this to go and read through the scriptures we're talking about, consider these things very seriously and don't mistake our passion on this subject for a desire to be right. It is really and truly a desire to see churches made healthier and to see the gospel defended. Yeah. And if somebody who's watching and confirmed, look at that plug. If somebody is watching this and they're at a church that doesn't practice church membership meaningfully or church discipline, uh, what you're saying is that they should have a meeting with their pastor and then go attack the leadership of the church. I would wait. Sorry. Sarcasm knob turned all the way back up. I thought the the way to do was just gossip about everybody or write an anonymous letter. (laughs) So no, um, episodes over. Mm. No, absolutely not. So not, if you're in a church that doesn't practice meaningful membership, like I was for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, start working through scripture and understanding these things for yourselves. And then actually ask one of your pastors, like, hey, could you talk to me about how our church views membership? You know, start with questions. Questions are always a disarming and easy way to begin a conversation. That's right. Maybe your church has some theology on membership and you're not even aware of it. Yeah. Um, and maybe they have, I've seen this before, the church has views on membership. They just have gotten out of the habit of practicing that. Yeah. So... Ultimately, though, if you're in a church where that meaningful membership isn't being practiced and discipline and meaningful church discipline isn't being practiced uh, and you don't see the pastors or elders of that church uh, working to rectify that, even if it's slowly and gently over time, uh, you might want to consider a different church. Yeah. Um, Leave well. Yeah. Yeah. And we uh, should do an episode on how to leave a church. Yeah. And how to find a healthy church. How to find a healthy church. Because that's it can be done poorly. Yeah. Sean DeMars. Signing off. Thank you for listening. Follow us podcast. on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. YouTube. We're on iTunes now. Subscribe. I think I got, I found out we're 167th in religion and spirituality or Christianity or something like that. Still trying to catch up to Elevation Church. Let's climb that ladder. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah. you guys.